Please stand. Thanks and praise to Father, Son, and Spirit. Thus by His grace. The text for the sermon this day is taken from John 8, specifically these words. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That is the text. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we celebrate the Reformation. We celebrate that day, 499 years ago, that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther, on the eve of all saints, which by the way, that's why it's called Halloween, Halloween literally means Eve of the Saints. On that Halloween day, he wrote the 95 Theses, and, he, and legend has it, he nailed them to the, door, the chapel door in Wittenberg, Germany. And those 95 Theses written against the sale of indulgences began a spiraled the world, spiraled the church into what we know as the Reformation. Think about that. We are approaching the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Next year will be 500. To give you perspective on that, next week St. Matthew's in Worthington is going to be celebrating its 125th anniversary. This last summer, Ocheedon celebrated its 125th anniversary. A couple years ago, this church celebrated 125 years. And the year after that, May City celebrated 125. The year before, here celebrated 125. Zion celebrated 125. In, in the year 2026... The United States will be 250 years old. That's only half the years of the Reformation. 500 years is a huge number for any anniversary. Because I don't know about you, I've never been to the 500th anniversary of anything. Especially when you consider that vast majority of the things in this country are not even half that age. You have to pretty much go to Europe in order to find things that are that age. But the thing is, as we go through these 500th anniversaries, because really the Reformation is just the first of a string of 500th anniversaries. Probably in 2018, you'll hear about the 500th anniversary of the Diet of Worms, which is where Luther's 
quoted the famous words, here I stand, I can do no other. And a little bit later will be the 500th anniversary of the large and small catechisms. And then you'll have the 500th anniversary of the Augsburg Confession. And then, most I'm guessing not many of us are going to make it to this one, but in, for, in 2080, 2080, so if anybody's hoping to be around for that time, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. But if, at that time will be the 500th anniversary of the Book of Concord, the Lutheran Confessions. But all these anniversaries, they are not about the Lutheran Church or the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. They're not about doctor, the Dr. Martin Luther. They are not about the 95 Theses. Which, if you actually read the 95 Theses, Luther at that point had not yet discovered the gospel. He just recognized that the indulgences were an abuse. He did not realize that, the, that it was an abuse that was symptomatic of a greater problem. Because you see, the Reformation is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all about its rediscovery. That the gospel had been hidden and covered by the abuses of the church for, for several hundred years. That people saw God with fear and anxiety. How many of you have seen the Luther movie by chance? Now I'm not going to lie and say it's the greatest quality movie. You could tell it's, tell it's definitely made on a budget. But the movie has a lot of good things in it. And one of the, thing, the, scene, one of the stories that they put in the movie, which I'll admit is a fictional thing, but it's a caricature of what was truly happening, is that there is this, there's this one lady and her little girl. And they're both in extreme poverty. And the girl is ill. She can't walk. In order to get around, her mother has to carry her. So great is the mother's poverty that she could barely afford the food to feed her and her little girl. And then one day, John Tetzel, the great seller of indulgences, comes into town. And he promises her that if you pay X amount of money towards the building of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, which by the way, if you wanted to, you can look up online and you can see that building to this day. If you pay X amount of money, then you can guarantee that your daughter will not go to hell. So the mother is forced with a choice. Save this money for medicine and food that my girl, this girl can live a little bit longer on this earth or pay money that it, when she does pass from this earth, she would be in heaven and not hell. Now if, that, if what the Tetzel was teaching was true, it would be a really worthy discussion. But given the fact that it is not true to the Bible, 
It was a teaching that was, create, that was made up in order to make money. It is an incredibly wicked thing to do. It's a great act of evil. To force somebody to choose between their physical and spiritual well-being when the Bible is silent about it. Now there are times where that will come to us, but that is not a case of it. And so Luther, seeing this going on in his very town, wrote the 95 Theses. The reason he wrote it on the day he did was because the very next day was All Saints Day when literally thousands and thousands of people were going to come in to Wittenberg to pay homage to all the relics that were there. Wittenberg was home to the greatest number of relics in the entire empire. And so he knew thousands of people were going to come and pay money to see it and believe by seeing these relics and paying this money that they were cutting down their time in purgatory and even more so lessening their likelihood of ending up in hell. See, what was going on was a symptom of a teaching that the Catholic Church still teaches to this day, that one is saved by works. That you are saved based upon your goodness. This is why, if you were to ask the average person, how do you know you are saved, or do you think you are saved, many people would answer, well, I think I'm a pretty good person. I think I do all right by God. And for that reason, he'll let me in. And the reason is, they would say this, is because it is that idea that has been expressed. That is the teaching that is at the core of Roman Catholic theology. Now understand, this is not to say Roman Catholics aren't Christian. This is not to say that they're not saved. But it is to say that what they teach is extremely damaging and extremely dangerous. There are, way, there are many, 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 many former Catholics who are former Catholic because they realized because they could not handle God's law. Because they feared God's wrath. Because the reality is, if you actually try to be good enough. See, Luther, when he read, wrote this, the 95 Theses, did not understand the gospel yet. When he read in the book of Romans, when he read, he read that we, he read about the righteousness of God, he believed that in order to be saved, you must be as righteous as God is. Which, there's a level of truth to that. But he believed that you had to be as sinless, as commit as few sins as God commits. That you must do as many good works as God does. And if you don't, you're condemned to hell. 
because Luther figured out pretty quickly that purgatory is a lie. It's not mentioned in the Bible anywhere. So he knew there was only two options, heaven or hell. And the demand of the scriptures was that you be as righteous as your God in heaven is righteous. Or as Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Try to do that. If you really and really try to be as perfect as God, you will figure it out eventually that you will never make it. Because with every passing day, you build a deeper and deeper hole. And eventually, you reach the point that the reason why Luther had such great levels of depression was because he was trying to be perfect for God and he couldn't do it. And he feared God. He eventually hated God. Until he read that read the righteousness of God. As it says in Romans 3, Now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Hear that? Yes, we are to be as righteous as God. But what Luther understood, it's especially clear in this passage, is that righteousness is not something you do. It is not something you earn. It is given to you. You are given the righteousness of God as a gift. And see, the fact that it's a gift lets you know that you don't work for it. Do you know what you call something that you work for and you get paid for? That's called a paycheck. Paychecks are not gifts. Rather, a gift is when you get something, whether you did something or not. And that is what the righteousness of God is. It is given to us as a gift. And the point where that's most visible is in the waters of baptism. Because at your baptism, especially if you're baptized as an infant, you are just a small child. Somebody else had to carry you up there. Your parents had to speak for you. You were completely helpless. And while you were in that helpless state, God, through the waters of baptism, reached down and said, this is my child. By the blood of his son shed on the cross, he poured his righteousness on you. And made you sanctified 
made you a holy child of God, set apart for salvation. So what does Jesus say? If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The law, trying to be obedient to the law, is slavery. It is bondage to sin, death, and the devil. But faith in Christ is freedom. Faith is evidence of the grace that has been poured, has been showered upon us, and has set us free from sin, death, and the devil. This is a blessed hope beyond all of our understandings. We, in our sinfulness, were destined to suffering and torment. And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So like Luther, like the Reformers, proclaim this gospel. It is not it is being lost again in our age. We are turning more and more to a different type of teaching, a truth that is not the truth of the, God, of the Scriptures. And it's a truth that will lead us back into bondage. You are here to preach, to tell others of this forgiveness, of the true gospel, and by that gospel, by believing in it, they will indeed be free. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand as we sing hymn 953.